Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring Score Baseball Insider Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It all starts right here, right now on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago's sports station. We're, we're not going to tell anyone how to enjoy White Sox baseball, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, if, if people want to get excited about this, if people want to have high expectations and high hopes, that's fantastic. I think all we can do is be transparent about this process and what we're trying to do. We were, we were clear at the end of the season that thanks to the progress that some of our young guys made, uh, as well as some of the flexibility we enjoyed from a payroll standpoint, that we felt it was going to be time to, to move to that next stage. And move to that next stage they have. That is Rick Hahn, the general manager of the Chicago White Sox. This is Inside the Clubhouse. The Scores Baseball Show on Saturday mornings, usually from 9 to 11, but this week displaced by You Better You Bet. If you took the over on our start time of 9 a.m., if you took the over, the over has come in at 11.02, so congratulations to you. And you win. But, uh, yeah, great show, and uh, next week, uh, You Better You Bet will be on at the same time, so we will be from 2 until 4, but after that, our regular time, uh, starting with the Cub Convention, on the uh, on the 18th as well uh, from um, the Sheridan Hotel, so that'll be fun as well. Inside the clubhouse, your weekly baseball staple. We're here for you, 52 weeks out of the year. Our number is three one two six four four six seven six seven. Text Matt at six seventy eleven. We'll read all that is worthy to be aired. And another very quick. And a very productive week for the Chicago White Sox. How about it? We will certainly talk some Cubs today. And we've got a couple of guests coming up later on. Uh, Richard Justice from MLB.com, longtime baseball columnist, will help us with some national rumors and such. And Colin Faulkner, the, um, the, the promotions and marketing guru. For the uh, for the Chicago Vice Cubs. President of Marketing and Sales for your Chicago Cubs. That is a more appropriate thing to say since that's his official title. Yes. Well, well done. Yeah, so uh, Colin will join us a little bit later on in advance yeah, of the Cubs ta- convention. He'll talk to us a little bit about uh, what's going on with the Cub convention, get uh, everybody ready and primed up for that. Uh, obviously, on the baseball side... We're still waiting for moves. Hopefully they'll come in 2020. Yeah, the roster is in a bit of a stasis and, and frozen right now, perhaps by the Bryant grievance, perhaps by some other things. But the White Sox indeed are the news with their extension of Luis Robert, with the official announcement of Dallas Keuchel, with the near completion of a roster that looks to contend in 2020. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And, and again, uh, lots of uh, moves going on with the White Sox and other teams. Cubs, not so much. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the Bryant situation and a new twist that might be happening there. And we're always inviting you again at 312-644-6767 to join us. By the way, Matt, Inside the Clubhouse brought to you by Max and Benny's, the top deli restaurant and bakery in Chicagoland. They invite you to what they call soup season at their Northbrook location. While most call it winter, Max and Benny's invites you to soup fest, matzo ball, chicken noodle, crepe lox, sweet and sour cabbage, and a different veggie soup seven days a week. Max and Benny's checklist, the best deli, no doubt, the best restaurant without question. 
The best full-service bakery, you bet. Max and Benny's has a uniquely special new meeting and special event space. They can accommodate 50 to 150 people, parties, celebrations, meetings, you name it. Max and Benny's is your catering king. Ask for John at MaxandBenny's.com for great deals. Complete dinners seven days a week, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Skirt steak, chicken, and the freshest fish in Chicagoland. 30 minutes from downtown, 30 minutes from the Wisconsin border, Max and Benny's, where the corned beef sandwiches are piled as high as a Chicago skyscraper. Adam Eaton signed with Rick Hahn and the White Sox five years at 23.5. Chris Sale, five at 60 with two option years. Jose Quintana, five at 26.5 with two option years. Last year, Eloy, Six years, 43 million with two option years. Tim Anderson, six for 25 mil with two option years. And now we get Luis Robert and his contract. Um, and it is again six years, again two option years. And they have him under control now for eight seasons as opposed to the seven or the six that might have been. So going back to the early 1990s, uh, the Cleveland Indians signed all their great young players to contracts when they were in their first and second year in the major leagues. And among those names were the Jim Tomies, uh, the Albert Bells, um, the Omar Vizquel's, people like that that were uh, instrumental in them becoming a championship-caliber team for the next decade. And that is uh, such an enormous uh, big deal these days to stay ahead of the market. The White Sox have done it better than anybody in baseball. As, as far as the last couple of decades, being able to set up their rebuild to the extent of being able to trade sale and Quintana and, um, and, and be able to get back these young players that are quality studs from other organizations was based on not only having this great young talent, Matt, but that, as you read, the affordable contracts that went along with them. Yes, and the control that that allows, the cost certainty at a cheap rate that allows, if you bet right on your own guys, and they end up being good. That, yeah. That's that's always an important factor. And and, and they have. I mean, it, it's a they haven't really made any mistakes as far as, I mean, the ability of the players vary, but you have Sale who contributed mightily to a championship for the Red Sox in 2018. You have Eaton, who uh, who contributed mightily to a championship in 2019, and you have the White Sox with a cachet of young players that hopefully are going to help them be a competitive playoff mm-hmm. team for the next five or six years. So, uh, what what what's interesting and and it's kind of instructive for me is to kind of peel back and remember when the White Sox signed Luis Robert at age what 17, I think he was, and or maybe 18, but this incredibly yeah. exciting. Pure five-tool prospect. Like, it's the kind of prospect that has always excited me more than anything. The Willie Mays type. The absolutely able-to-do-everything, gorgeous athlete, right. center fielder, stealing bases, can hit, hit for power, big arm, everything. Like, it's the entire package that you dream of in a prospect. And now here we are, and White Sox fans have been following to various degrees. Some seeing videos, some just reading about it, a highlight or whatever. Some watching every game in the minors. Either way... He is almost assuredly your opening day center fielder. Right, and you're right. I mean, he was a raw commodity that they were betting a lot of money on. You know, it was a ton of money that they had to pay uh, him and in tax at that age. But, you know, again, um, they were right about that. They were right about another guy that's going to be a superstar 
in about five seconds, and that is Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh-huh. Uh, unfortunately, they used him in a trade. But again, uh, if if you say the White Sox scouting and their ability to identify young players has been off, maybe that was true uh, five or six or seven years ago. I don't think you can say it anymore. It's funny. We have a text here. Can we talk about how good Luis Robert looks shirtless? Well, you can, sir. But that's part of that initial allure is the athleticism. Like, oh, my God, who is this athlete? And then, right. of course, and we've all seen guys like this, like these incredible athletes. But can they play? And it turns out in three different levels last year, Luis Robert can really play. Yeah, he can. And, and you know, again, uh, we're not making him uh, Mike Trout yet. Because no. the adjustments to the major leagues, not only on the field, but off the field, are major. And the White Sox seem very prepared for that because of the fact of their Latin American connection, more importantly for them, mm-hmm. the Cuban connection, and Jose Abreu still being a huge part of what they've done by signing him to a three-year extension, actually a, a new free agent contract. And his ability to help with these young guys uh, assimilate into American lifestyle as well as being major league players. And with Robert, we know that there will be struggles on the major league level. Of course, there there, there always are. There were some struggles last year, 47 games in AAA, Bruce, and his strikeout rate went up. His on-base percentage went down a little bit. A lot of breaking balls out there. He did hit a lot of homers and slugged very well at AAA. And what's interesting is that you had a chance on the conference call to ask him about something else you'd heard about, which was his routes on fly balls. So defensively, is this something that he needs to work on, learning how to gauge fly balls a little bit? Oh, I think so. And, and then again, uh, you know, you guys asked me uh, on the morning show whether or not he's a leadoff man or not. We'll get to that next. But um, he, he is a raw talent. He still has places to go. Um, you brought up very succinctly the idea that Mike Trout had to go back and become a better defender by uh, paying attention and working harder on his defense as well. Yeah. If you go back and look at his defensive metrics from the early part of his career, they weren't good. No, not nearly as good as they are no. now. So uh, those are the things that player development will bring along for this guy. But uh, there's there's no doubt that his ascension to the major leagues is uh, – you know, it was huge last year through the minor leagues, and it's going to be interesting to see and watch him just like it was last year with Eloy. I mean, you remember how Eloy struggled the first half and then came on strong, ended up with 30, 31 home runs and just a shade over 420 at bats last year. Um, this is a, a great time to be a White Sox fan. 312 644 is the phone number. The phone lines are open for the next couple hours. You want to talk to us here on Inside the Clubhouse and 670 The Score. I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. A couple of guests next hour, but right now, right here, it is you and I. Happy birthday to Chris Bryant today at age 28. God, he's ancient now, isn't yeah, he? He's right I mean, there. we're talking. Nobody in baseball wants to talk about anybody approaching 30, let alone 30. It's, it's such a. Uh, such a different um, idea these days. It used to be, Matt, that uh, teams were, they couldn't wait till their players got to be between 28 and 32 because those were the years that they considered to be peak years for Major League Baseball players. Yeah. Now it's kind of dreading um, that they're hitting their peak and only going to get there, and also they're hitting their peak from an economic standpoint. Absolutely. I think what has become of those prime years that we all used to think about that way is that they are potentially their prime earning years, their prime financial years, so they better 
produce like it is their prime. It becomes more pressurized. And if you're not, then it, you have become more of a negative than a positive in terms of the overall team structure. And then in today's world, it's, well, they're only a year or two away from free agency. They're the best players in the game. But the Lindors, Betts, Bryants, all these people are being talked about as we have to get rid of them. We have to move them because we don't know if we're going to be able to sign them. Yeah. They're taking up anywhere from 15 to 25% of our payroll, and we need to move on and build for the future beyond this player if we can't sign it. It's absolutely true. So the prime asset in the game positionally has become cheap, controllable talent with um, with more room to grow. Right, whether it's as good or not for this coming year. You, baseball used to be about that next year. Now it's about... Well, what's your next five-year plan to compete? Yep. And it's it's a mentality, Matt, that really hasn't been proved out. It's just one, uh, I believe, of um, the younger general managers, uh, the owners who are locked in, in the same step with those general managers and projecting hmm. the business side of baseball along with the business, the business side along with the baseball side of it to be able to project payrolls to be able to be moderate enough to make money and win at the same time. But, Bruce, I would say that it has been borne out by two, uh, by at least a couple of franchises. The successful teardown and rebuilds that led to titles in back-to-back years for the Cubs and the Astros mm-hmm. have now um, diluted a lot of franchises into thinking that they can do it exactly the you same way. You just said the word diluted. Yeah. I mean, so... But, but it did it, happen. But it, it did happen. But is it going to happen for every team that tears down and, and rebuilds? Uh, no, not for every team because no. it's impossible. Well, how, how many... What? Give me a percent. Well, well, here's the thing, though. If you are, say, the White Sox, and we watch them try to do it a different way for year after year after year, and you finally hit a point where you're like, all right, this isn't working. It's so frustrating. And we're kind of standing there in the dugout saying, we're mired in mediocrity, and we got to change. And they just traded Tatis for Shields and all of that stuff that happened. Then you decide to go this path. Look at the excitement level, the anticipation, hopefully for them, the ticket selling ability, the promotional ability, and the contention window that begins right the hell now and goes for the next three, four years. All these guys that they have under control. I understand, even if they don't win over these next three or four years, I think a, a lot of White Sox fans would say this was the right idea and approach because of where you are right now. Well, give me your idea about they don't win. What does that mean? Don't win a World Series. So. Would you say they had to be greatly competitive during that time and not win a World Series? I think or? going. If you don't go once but to I mean, the World Series, it's a failure. My point is, if if they're not competitive for playoffs every year, is that does that prove this is the way to go? Um, the, the, in order for for this to be proven a success. I think it is not about a championship. It is about contention for multiple years in a row. It is about keeping your fans interested and buying and all and all about it and focused for multiple no. full seasons. So June is like, hell yeah, I'm going to see this team for three or four years in a row. I mean, let, let's take a look at an example. And uh, again, 312-644-6767 is where you can find us and join in with Matt and I. Uh, let's look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. So they they had a very competitive team for about, I'd say, four years. They went to the playoffs three years in a row. Yeah, that's a good thought. Wild card three years in a row. Lost every one of those wild card games. Okay, now they're uh, they fired 
their CEO, they fired their general manager, they fired their manager. They might trade Marte, they, they, they lost Garrett Cole. And, and they're back to where they were six or seven years ago, uh-huh. rebuilding again. So in certain places, would you call that a success? I mean, they built up uh, some cachet with their fan base for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But would you say that's a success and that you can guarantee the next round where it's going to take them another four or five years now again, uh, being something that's going to attract those fans back to PNC Park? It's a good question. I think with the state of free agency and what their real possibility was going to be, going out there and buying themselves a team, breaking it down and building the way they did, and having three years in a row of over 500 and uh, getting to an LDS once. They made one full series and lost the LDS. And then the two wild cards, they failed to then bring it to the next level by acquiring the right guys and finding a way to invest. But I think yeah. I think that was I think their fans enjoyed what, the hell out of it for five years. They made it in 2013. 2013, they lost the LDS, and then 14 and 15, okay. they lost the wild card okay. game. So um, 94 wins, then 88, then 98. I think Pirates fans who had looked at. Oh, my God. Before that, Bruce, it, it, under 500 seasons, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 20. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. 19 straight under 500 seasons, followed by three damn good ones with playoffs and a shot. I think that is a success. Those 19, you mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, the three I'm good just ones. saying. Uh, I understand what you're I, saying. I guess my final point, Matt, and, and uh, you know, the, the idea that you automatically are going to go to the playoffs and be a – World Series contender by rebuilding, yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't believe in it. You, you put out, you put out two good examples in the Cubs in Houston, but we're going to have to see more of it as this continues to evolve among the, uh, you know, the Jerry Depoto world yes. of uh, rebuilding teams every five minutes. Yeah, no, I understand. I think what happened when the Pirates say, and what happens a lot, is that they fail to fully put the pieces together and execute to the next level. And maybe financially they couldn't. They didn't have the renovations. They didn't have the new income streams or a new TV deal or those yeah, kind well, of that's, things. Well, that's a great point that you add on to it. We're going to have to take a break here. We have full phone lines, but we are willing to take on more at 312 644 <laughs> Four six seven six seven Cubs Sox everything baseball. Uh, we uh, look forward to talking to you here. It is six seventy. The score is Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel. It's inside the clubhouse. We're here till one o'clock. Tell a friend the baseball show just started. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest five G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in on Inside the Clubhouse here on 670 The Score. Lots of texts coming in, Bruce, at 67011 talking about... Uh, Why don't you read the ones you can't read? Um, yeah, no, let's see. This one, nope, not that one. Um, this one... Can't you clean them up and just uh, Spiegel, show how... Spiegel, you are the best. Uh, here, there's one. I read that That was from one. your wife. <laughs> That's, oh, <laughs> you're right. This is a text screen where the... 
Callers, no, people interested in sort of the league-wide trends we're talking about. Some mentioning that right. we didn't bring up the Royals as one example of a teardown, rebuild. They won one title. and It took I, them eight years sure under did. Dayton Moore. Eight sure. years. Crazy. Okay? Yep. Eight. Not to mention what was before that. Mm-hmm. And then they won twice, World Series and a American League pennant. Yep. And then where are they now? Completely fell off the table and yeah. ended up with so, nothing. So again... What you brought up was very relevant, and that is, do the economics and do the, the monetizing of uh, the revenues in these places yeah. allow you to really rebuild for a long enough period of time to continue to be viable? Absolutely. And you look around the league, a texture saying it's interesting in the next year or two, seeing if Oakland and Tampa, two teams that say perpet- stay perpetually cheap, and find ways to compete. Minnesota and Milwaukee, who just stepped up to contender status, maybe Arizona, if they can find a way to win it among the big guys. Also, while we're watching the behemoths, like the Dodgers and the Yankees, chasing yeah. a title and trying to finish it off. I mean, you got to do what um, Houston's done and what the Cubs right now uh, are guilty of not doing, and that is continue to be able to develop your own players. Yep. And I know people get sick of me talking about it, but it's the only real lifeblood the stream to the major leagues that you can count on, that you can not worry about getting too pricey, that you can be able to compete with. And, you know, the Cubs did as good a job as anybody in the last 50 years of doing exactly what Epstein said they would do. They would build a great farm system. They'd win the World Series. They would use some of those great young players that came from that farm system Mm -hmm. to trade for needs that they didn't have on the major league level. Four years, you know, completely going to the playoffs, you know, three NLCS, one world championship. It worked perfectly. Now, with the dearth of minor league players coming through and basically none as far as pitching goes in eight years, they have their backs against the wall they're and they don't really know which way to turn. They're, they're in trouble because they stopped being able to draft and develop their own cheap labor. So now they've got to figure out another way. And they've got um, ownership, I think, that wants to extend the, the contention and not just think about a, a little old window and then falling off the table. Let's go to the phone calls. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. John is in Evergreen Park and is first up on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, John. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, um, I was thinking if Madrigal's not ready, any chance like they could get somebody on the cheap, maybe like Kipnis or Dozier, and also who's going to be the leadoff man this year if you guys had to decide who would be leading off for the Sox? And also, speak, do you ever do a Depeche Mode cover? Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. I've never done Depeche Mode. Well, that's on your list now. Yeah, I, I, could we go 18 songs deep with impunity into Depeche Mode? Just, I'd have uh, to check. They can, you can just keep repeating their hits. Uh, yeah, see, that, that, that's, three. that's where it goes. And would we draw? Would we draw? But that's, uh, that's not, that's not so, really the crux uh, of the phone call. So, so no, we were but I'll talking about, about you know their young second baseman that yeah. might start the season in Mendrick. Mendrick. Yeah, Danny Mendick yeah. is a name that I've found myself thinking a lot about because this is a guy who, uh, what I think, twenty five years old now, mm-hmm. a four year college player at UMass Lowell, bumpy road to the bigs. I love the idea and the fact that his manager in 2017 was Willie Harris right. at Winston-Salem, and he like learned the mentality of being a utility guy from Willie Harris, play with a chip on your shoulder, say yes to anything. He's going to be that guy. And I think he's he had a great spring last year and hit pretty well when he was up for about 39 at-bats, I think 12 hits. Yeah, so it should be your stopgap uh, if Madrigal is held back two or three weeks or if Madrigal proves not ready when he gets to the major leagues. Yeah. So, you know, again – there's so many of these automatics, like Robert's going to be Willie Mays and, 
you know, uh, Madrigal is going to be the next <laughs> Nellie Fox. You know, it's I just, didn't say he was going to be No, no, Willie I'm saying, Mays. you know, we see this on the text line and, you know, we see it on uh, on Twitter. It's just it's just not that easy. But but the White Sox do have plan Bs, you know, available. Yeah. So, so they'll be going in that direction. And remember, Leori is, uh, is an outstanding utility guy that can play anywhere on the field. Yeah, I think Mendick, uh, Danny Mendick and Lori Garcia are going to be the, you know, the extra guys to round out your roster, and they're going to be pretty solid And, and I guys. think they're, they're going to get one more super utility guy you before do. it's over. Yeah, I think it's, it's an important part of uh, what they want to do to uh, end their uh, offseason here of adding on players. Somebody else who can play uh, outfield with impunity, yeah, Adam Engel is outfield. there. I think second, short, and third. Well, that's Mendick, right? But I guess you're, do yeah, you I trust him to be there? I don't know if he has the necessary arm all the way around. Hmm. You know, again, uh, some people said Addison Russell, and you know, Addison Russell is not going to be a, a super utility guy for anybody. He's going to be somebody's second baseman at some point. But uh, you have to be able to be accomplished at three positions. That's not so easy. Just because you're athletic and you played one position doesn't make you a super utility man. Yeah, Mendick says he wants to be like Zobrist or like Brock Holt, throw him a job and, and he'll do it well. And he played all three of those positions last year in his little cup of coffee. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Join Northwestern Basketball at the new Welsh Ryan Arena this season. Home opponents include Nebraska, Iowa, Ohio State, Michigan, and Purdue. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team are on sale now at NU Sports. And this segment is brought to you by Subway. Subway restaurants feature a different six-inch sub for $3.79 every day. Subway, make it what you want at participating restaurants. Additional charge for extras plus applicable tax. No additional discounts or coupons may be applied. Lead-off for the White Sox was his other question. Uh, I don't know. Is it uh, is it Anderson now with a low on-base percentage because he doesn't walk? Uh, still like a 360 or 70 last year because he led the league in hitting. Um, is that your short-term answer, or do you go to Mancata uh, because he brings all the Ricky Henderson type ability that he has? Uh, there's there's some good options, I think. Yeah, I, I, to me, it's Mancata and Anderson up there for now. Then maybe eventually a Madrigal or eventually a Robert. But some people are talking about Robert up there just because he's fast. He doesn't have the OBP or the contact. Right. So you know, again. Uh, there's some nice problems that they have to start the season because they, they are getting to the point, and uh, we were talking about that with Shane Rudin from our uh, our management team. Uh, mm-hmm. They're getting to the point where they have stars at every position, and 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 it's the good problems now. You know who's going to be under dissection? It's the manager. Yeah, the manager. This is George and River Grove on the score. Hey, George. Well, Dad- hello, George. That's what George wanted to talk about. That's why I took the call. But he's he's got he wonders about Renteria. This is what happens when you get a roster like this now and you go into it. Everybody's going to be watching the manager for a variety of choices. Are, is he putting these guys in the best positions? Well, you know, and there's always that shadow of doubt uh, for Ricky Renteria, unfortunately, because he was pushed aside for Joe Madden. So if that wasn't the case, and Ricky Renteria had come straight from San Diego to the White Sox. There wouldn't be that question mark over his head of, hey, he's not, you know, he's the Doug Collins here. He's he's not the guy. He's a fine baseball guy, uh, but he's not the guy to take us to a championship. So that's still that doubt's still going to be there because of the history in Chicago of what Chicago fans saw before. Uh, also, strategically, though, and that's uh, strategically. 
There have been some things as you've watched over yeah, the last three years. Will he now change his mind and change his gears yeah, as no, he goes no into more, a different mode? No more bunting for a run in the second or third inning. If right? you've got a roster that can hit more right. than 182 I don't, homers. I don't, I don't think he's going to have to, but you're right. We're going to have to see how he implements his offense and how he approaches it. Um, he's a wonderful baseball man. I can tell you that much. And because he's been like the godfather of the young players and, you know, kind of coddling them over the last three years, you don't get that perception of the guy brought in to win a championship yet. Mm-hmm. This six, 670 11 is how you text us. Um, texter says that Georgian River Grove had the most intelligent commentary on the show so far. Thank you much. Appreciate that. Um, and then uh, this guy, Matt, I doubt, I, Matt and Bruce, I doubt Robert will pan out to be Willie Mays, but what if he can be Willie Mays Hayes? Wouldn't that be good enough? Yeah, if he's a great actor uh, that would, and he doesn't pay his taxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Don is in Burr Ridge on the score. Hey, Don. Hey, always looking forward to your your show. Hey, uh, w- one thing, a caution that I have with, um, with the Sox fans, and, and I'm a Sox fan, but I'm a bigger Cup fan, uh, I got a buddy who says Roberts is going to be as good as Mike Trout, and I, I, I laugh at him because, first of all, he hasn't seen major league pitching. He doesn't walk a lot. I, I, I truly believe that um, Jimenez is a better pure hitter, and um, but Roberts is a better player. He, if he comes up and he bats 250 with 25 homers, probably 260 with 25 homers, um, I think it would be a good year for him. Yeah, if he has an 820 OPS, okay. Yeah, if he's got an OPS around 810, 820, Mm -hmm. and he's got 20 homers and 20 uh, steals, that's a win. Again, there's so many variables of his game that people are going to be able to enjoy watching develop. I mean, base running, base stealing, uh, taking routes to baseballs, throwing the baseball, hitting home runs, getting on base. You know, it's it's an exciting thing when you have a true – from all perception, you know, during his minor league time, a uh, five-tool player to look at. Absolutely. And, of course, he hasn't played an inning on the big league level. When we say things like Willie Mays-type prospect, I'm talking about, like, Eric Davis. That's the way we talked about Eric Davis. It's the way right. we talked about, you know, uh, Yasiel Puig when he was showing up. We'd talk about him or Bo Jackson. Just like this, you dream about, you right. fantasize about that kind of player. Sure, But sure. it's not, you're not comping somebody to the eventual success of such things. No, because those are the names that have been the very best. Yes. You know? So there's very there's going to be very few, if any, Mike Trout's before his career is over with. He might be considered, you know, the best all around player that ever played. But to your point, instead of making sure you don't miss an Eloy Jimenez at bat, now it's a thing where you make sure you don't miss Luis Robert at bat or on the bases or maybe playing center field. Like there, there's and also by the way, don't don't miss Edwin Encarnacion at bat since dude averages 37 right. homers since 2012. Right. It's like, there's a lot of stuff to watch, and, and it's going to be interesting from a television point of view this year because all your Cub games are going to be on marquee, all your White Sox games are going to be on NBC Chicago Sports, uh, every single one of them. So the build up around them and the momentum that these TV stations can take with the production of those games should be upgraded as well. I mean, in other words, you know, how they approach it. Do they come up with new technology? Do they come up with new ways of covering the game? 
uh, because they have all the games. I think that's going to be fascinating to watch as well. That's interesting. So the consistency of being able to say you you were here last night and you're here again tonight, you can carry those themes over from one night to the other right, in multiple ways. Right, and and, uh, and you know what else uh, those TV stations are counting on? Uh, those cable networks that, that that when they turn it off that night, the next night they turn it on and it's it's right there again for them. 670, the score is where you are. Uh, Richard Justice at the top of the hour to talk some MLB news and rumors. When we come back, let's talk about uh, the Chris Bryant column you wrote this week, Bruce, and where things stand with uh, potentially moving him or not. We'll do that on 670, the score. Welcome back in on 670 The Score. It's inside the clubhouse. I'm Matt Spiegel. He's Bruce Levine. You can read him over at 670thescore.com. Um, happy birthday to Chris Bryant, who is 28 years old. So old. God. The last uh, thing I read was somebody saying that in the Nationals conversations, and they, of course, might go get Josh Donaldson still, but in the possible trade conversations, that the Cubs asked for Victor Robles, the young center fielder for the Nats. You buy that? It makes sense. Why not? I mean, I would. It's, you're trading Chris Bryant, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Chris Bryant is not into his peak years yet, and he's already won an MVP. He's already won Rookie of the Year. He's been on championship teams. He's been on teams that went to the NLCS three times. He plays multiple positions seamlessly. Uh, A very, at this point, to me, a very underrated Chicago player in Chicago. (laughs) Okay? I mean, it it, it depends on who you're talking to. I, I think he's underrated because he hasn't lived up to the superstar status over the last couple of years that people expected the old school RBI to be much higher. Uh, The ability to drive the ball out of the ballpark to all fields over the last two years. Injuries have taken its toll on Chris Bryant over the last two years. He's been shown to be less than superhuman. But what do you have there? You have the best base runner on the team, okay? You have a guy that shows up with a sunny side every single day, that's prepared to play three to five positions every day. Mm. And that is a a huge threat in that lineup every day, whether you bat him second, third, fourth, or what we've been hearing rumors of David Ross talking about leading off with Chris Bryant in 2020. If they had decided, Bruce, to have him on the trade block and have conversations, the offseason could not have gone worse. For that scenario as right. well, because you've got Rendon and Donaldson on the free agent market, and then you have the grievance and how that long that's gone. Now you've got Nolan Arenado in trade talks, like another third right. baseman. And then you have doubt about w- where the Cubs are able to go payroll wise because they're already locked in somewhere around $200 million and uh, are, have they've been given their marching orders that you're not to go over 208, which is the uh, threshold is. The competitive balance, competitive balance threshold this year. Yeah, and, and then you look around and you look at some of the other big names that people thought were going to get traded. Corey Kluber ends up getting traded, and for what? A reliever and a center fielder into Shields. Lindor has not been dealt, maybe because the value has not been out there for the Indians. Mookie Betts has not been dealt, maybe because the value has not been out there for the Red Sox. So maybe this moment is not when you're going to get the most for Chris yeah. Bryant. And again, here was my premise in the story that you mentioned at 670thescore.com that you can look at. Mm. 
my premise is is that won't you get as much or maybe more for Chris Bryant in July before the trading deadline if these scenarios are up there? If Bryant is having his usual good Bryant year, if Bryant has not agreed to a contract extension with the Cubs past 2021, and um, if the Cubs are not a contending team at that point, does he not bring you back almost as much, maybe more, because you are in a different position, Matt. You're in a, not a defensive position of taking what other people want to throw at you. You're in a position of power at that point where other people have to make moves for important players before August 1st or be subject to only the people in their organization the rest of the way with the new rules that started last year. You're in a position of strength more so now more so then, I believe, than you are right now. Well, can you massage the numbers without removing his probably 18.5 mil after arbitration? Can you massage your numbers to get under the competitive balance tax without removing that number? I guess, you mean if you're the Cubs? If you're the Cubs right now, if you go into the season with Bryant, how do you massage the numbers and get under? Again, what is your goal this year? That is the real first answer. The first answer you have to have is, is your goal to continue to win in this brief win window and go for championships? Or say we have good enough team, we can move some of our top guys and rebuild much like the Yankees did in 2016 by getting Glaber Torres, by moving Chapman, bringing Chapman back right after that season, making a big trade with the Cleveland Indians, bringing in young guys, some that still haven't proved themselves. But the point is, it was a quick rebuild for the Yankees. Uh, Can the Cubs do the same thing and add seven, eight, nine players at the trading deadline if things aren't working out for them in 2020? They've talked openly about entertaining that idea in recent years. If we're not there... You know, I remember some all-star break conversations. All right, if we're not yeah. competing at the end of uh, end of July, then we'll consider it. This could be a year where you end up there. And this is where they're at. They're there now. 2021, Schwarber, Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, all done with contracts. No extensions at this point. Uh, we Again, we talked about hearing about Baez uh, talking to the team about a long-term extension mm-hmm. at the winter meetings. We've heard nothing crickets since then will that be something over the next two or three weeks that we hear some of these bigfoot players have signed long-term deals and by the cub convention on the uh, 17th will that be the date where they roll out these new long-term contracts for a couple of their guys what to be transparent and say what the goal is for this year if it's anything other than saying out loud we're trying to win a World Series right the hell right now this year. That will be disappointing to Cub fans. It will, but what will be more disappointing to Mr. Ricketts and the Cub organization and Epstein and Horror is if they can't compete after 2021. Mm. What do you do then? I mean, you don't see any semblance of multiple young players coming up and being star players for their team right now. That might happen over the next two years. Uh, we don't know. Amaya might be the next superstar catcher in two years for the Chicago Cubs. 
we don't know that. Uh, will some of their young pitchers start to evolve and be a part of their rotation, right. something they've been waiting for for eight years? So, um, But the, can they depend upon that and roll the dice for the next two years, kind of add on and not add young players from other teams' organizations? I believe they are really in the, in the middle right now and making those decisions. This is Mike in Springfield on the score. Hey, Mike, you're on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, Bruce, you just you just gave a laundry list of why a team should keep Chris Bryant, and I, I just I really don't understand all this trade talk for him. Uh, if you could clear that up for me, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Thanks. Yeah. Well, we, we we alluded to the fact that uh, they have well, not today we haven't that they've tried to sign uh, Chris Bryant to long term contracts for the last three years. Uh, we don't have the exact numbers, so we can't sit here and be uh, cheering for one side or the other or saying the Cubs are unfair or Bryant's side is unfair. Mm-hmm. They've turned down deals that aren't worthy. But we, we do know with this particular agent and their and his particular superstars, they go to full free agency. And if Bryant's they, locked they and loaded they to don't, do that. They don't wait around. They, I mean, they, they don't sign early unless – you know, it's paying above, and I'll, I'll say it one more time, above what market value is right now. And if they think they're not going to be able to sign him, then they also have to think about this. Do they want to sign him? So the question, like, is there a level of disappointment in him? And I think that there is a level of yeah, disappointment. I'm sure there is. There is a level of disappointment because he hasn't changed what he does with right. two strikes. Right. But because he, he doesn't hit with power to all fields. Because he, he's very, very good at what he is, but they've tried right. to, to have him adjust, and it has not worked. But with all due respect, if David Bodie is playing third base for you opening Absolutely. day, uh, are you going to have uh, you know seller's regret? Uh, very, very possibly. So if they decide that the moment is not not right to do this and they go into the season what's the state of the relationship what is the what is are there any issues for the relationship yeah, I, you know i i don't i don't think that really matters because chris bryant has mentioned this on numerous occasions and multiple times during spring training last year baseball's a business mm-hmm. baseball's a business uh you know his old friend bryce harper had to wait until february right to get his 300 million dollars yes he got his $300 million plus. So um, they understand this. Um, intelligent young people like Bryant know that uh, the, the Cubs organization is somewhere that he wants to stay. And I have that on firm information. That's in that story as well. That he wants to that stay. he wants, wants to, to be, be a here. career Cub. However, you know, I want to be 6'5 and blonde. You know, mm-hmm. that's... It's not happening anytime soon. Right. So you have to compartmentalize those feelings and go to work. Yeah. It's just, you know, the reality, you know, these, these young guys are more savvy than we give them credit for. You know, they, they understand that 2021, there might be an ugly, ugly scene between baseball owners and the players association that uh, shorts the time on the field for the players in 2022. One more call before a break. Steve on the North side on 670, the score. Hello, Steve. Hey, guys. Hey, one of the things that I've noticed, I'm a season ticket holder, but I've known people who have been on the list and turned them down last year and this year, and they keep getting multiple calls, even after they've turned them down, about wanting to be a season ticket holder. I think, you know, last year I noticed that Catalina Club was constantly empty. I think that's going to be a big bust. 
and all the people that were in the upper deck behind home plate that were loyal season ticket holders that got relocated, uh, I think that's going to blow up in the Cubs' face. And the other thing that I noticed is, you know, when my kids were young, we go to these Cub conventions, they were sold out before December, okay? You, got, you guys are advertising all the time on the radio. I think there's some big, uh, you know, problems in the Cubs organization, especially with regarding to getting the, the – the true fans, the blue-collar fans back at the ballpark. Thank you, Steve, Thanks. for the call. Uh, well, we'll have uh, Colin Faulkner, the Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing, on at 1230, and we'll ask him some, uh, about some of those questions, about season ticket sales, uh, the uh, lack of um, you know the front office doing much so far this offseason, how that's impacted everything over there. It's been a dispiriting offseason for, for some fans. That is, that is it for has, sure. It has, but you know, we're still sitting here on January 4th, right? Mm-hmm. So there's um, many, many mo- weeks and a few months to go before opening day. And, you know, as constituted, Matt, that's not a bad baseball team on the north side of Chicago no, that's right a, now. No, that's a pretty good baseball team still as constituted right now. The division has done some things, but also um, it's pretty darn enjoyable to sit in that ballpark at a ball game too. So that'll be reminded to people as uh, eventually you get there. But this is not the same way it's felt in January over the last six, no, seven years. No, although last winter was extraordinarily slow for them, if you'll remember. Yes. Uh, 670, the score is where you are. It is inside the clubhouse. He is Bruce Levine. I'm Matt Spiegel. Richard Justice from MLB.com to talk about some of the rumors going on nationally next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 